You are listening to the Porn Studio Podcast. It's, uh, you know, it, it's, it's like, it's an adult thing. <laughs> now, here's your host, JJ Riot. All right, we've got a very special guest today. Uh, all the way from Las Vegas, we've got a BBW porn star. She's been in the business for 10 years. Uh, let's welcome Sensual Sammy. Sammy, how are you doing today? Hey, Aunt I'm doing good. How are you doing over there? Very well, thank you. So you were just recently on an episode of the Secular Barbershop. I listened to that. I th- you did very well. That was um, that was a great podcast for you to be on. That was that was wonderful. Well, he was a great interviewer, so I got to give him the credit. It was a lot of fun. I'm I'm waiting for him to twist my arm and have me back on there again. <laughs> I actually I wasn't very familiar with that. Um, podcast but I'm, I'm going back now and I'm, I'm starting to listen to some of the episodes so you've turned me on to a new podcast so thank you excellent excellent so i don't want to go over too much of the same stuff that you've already talked about on that podcast and i will have a link to that podcast in the show notes uh but let's let's just go ahead and give a a quick background can you tell us a little bit about uh where you're from your your childhood growing up the the perception is often that people that get into this line of work have some kind of a tarnished background. Um, sometimes I see that that is the case, but more often than not, people live pretty uh, standard upbringings. Um, how about you? How how was your upbringing? Where are you from? And and can you walk us through that? Yeah, I have to agree with you. Just about every single person I know in this industry was not forced into it. They went into it by choice, and they're still in it by choice. So for my story, um, I was uh, born in the Chicago area. I was kind of raised there, and then we moved down to Florida, and then I was raised there, and um, basically went back and forth between Florida and the Chicago area for a while, and um, somehow I found myself in Las Vegas about four and a half years ago. So, um, I, I think this is probably one of the places where I've lived the longest in this house where I'm at right now. So maybe I've settled down. I'm not sure, but I'm liking it. Very nice. And, and what took you from Chicago to Florida? Was that just family, uh, jobs and things that relocated you there? Yeah, yeah, pretty much my family, and and it was kind of funny. I was living in Florida, and I graduated high school, and I flew up north to visit my sister in the Chicago area, and we ordered pizza, and I walked into the pizza place to pick up our pizza, and I instantly fell in love at first sight with the man who became my husband, so my two-week vacation ended up being over a decade (laughs) and we got married and then we moved back down to Florida at my insistence because I hated the winners. And, um, um, unfortunately the marriage didn't work out. So I kind of moved all over central Florida and, um, and then I, I came out to Las Vegas. So yeah, I got a lot of, got a lot of moving history in my past. That's for sure. Well, I can't blame you for going uh, further south. I'm not a fan of the cold. Uh, it's not uncommon for me to have to travel up to Detroit, Michigan, and every time I go up there, I want to go a little further south when I come back. Oh, my goodness gracious. Yeah, that's where uh, Mr. Nuts and um, Don Prince live. 
I don't know how they do it personally. <laughs> they had me come and shoot with them once in January. Why January? I'll never know, but (laughs) I will never do that again. (laughs) I I don't like going there any late. Thanksgiving is my cutoff. I don't like going after Thanksgiving. Mm, That's a good cutoff. Yeah. (laughs) Well, so in the other podcast episode, you had mentioned when you were down in Florida, you ended up getting into the swinging lifestyle and then uh, at some point, you moved over into escorting. Can you take us through how you how all of that came to be? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so when I got married up in Illinois, me and my ex, we never really had um, a traditional marriage. It was always an open marriage. And then when we moved down to Florida, and as more kids started coming along and getting older, um, he, uh, we had an agreement where I could, you know, go out and do all my things during the weekend while he stayed home with the kids and it worked out really well. So I was like that unicorn, you know, the single female that was going to the swingers parties and yeah. had a lot of fun. Um, then I, I was introduced to the Florida Mandingos in the Melbourne area and I liked them so much that I went over to the ones in the Orlando area, and then I liked them so much that I went over and visited the ones in the Tampa area. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, there was just no turning back, not at all. And as far as the escorting, um, even before we had kids, I always asked my ex, you know, we have an open marriage, why don't I just escort? And he was never comfortable with that. So um, after um, we separated, I decided to embrace that. And um, I don't escort anymore, and it's it's kind of sad because I really miss it. I loved escorting. No one twisted my arm. I didn't do it because I was penniless living out in the street with a drug problem. I just loved giving men pleasure. And I really do believe that orgasm and sexual touching and just touching in general is a very healing thing. It's very therapeutic. And uh, I, I think that a lot of people neglect that in today's, especially in American society. Oh. Sorry if I'm rambling now, and I get very passionate about this subject. No, I, I was going to say, are you kidding me? Somebody, somebody does sex work that doesn't have a drug problem? What? <laughs> <laughs> right. That that is definitely one of the big misconceptions. It it does happen, but I've heard plenty of stories where that's just not the case. I take it you've you've definitely done more than just your own website stuff and clips for sale. You've shot with with some of the bigger names and whatnot. So um I guess is that fair to say you've shot with bigger production companies and and that's you made a lot of connections there. Well, no actually, um I'm I'm pretty much still in the amateur um, Mitch, and in fact, um, when I first joined Southern Charms, I want to say that was maybe 10 years ago, um, Southern Charms was a lot different back then. We were more of um, like an online family, um, and I got to meet and network with people all throughout the Florida, Central Florida area, and um I think one of the first people that I met through Southern Charms was a couple. 
and it was kind of funny because um, I, I had a friend living with me. He was kind of down on his luck, and and he needed a place to stay. Stay, so he was sleeping on my couch. And I said, "Look, I got to go meet this couple from Southern Charms. I'm really not sure about this. Um, you know, why don't you come with me? And that way, you're my out. If there's anything I feel uncomfortable about, I can just." You, I'll just give you like a stay for it, and you say, "Oh, Sammy, guess what? We got a, you know, we have an emergency, and you got to take me back home." And I'm like, and he's like, "Okay, great idea." So I go to the hotel with him, and um, the door opens, and I see this very, very handsome man and his lovely wife, and they invite me in, and and I just felt an instant connection with them. I mean, it was just instant, like the connection that I felt with my ex-husband when I walked into the pizza parlor. And uh, my friend Mikey, he looked at me and I looked at him and I said, okay, Mike, you can go now. And he said, Sammy, we just got here. Are you sure? And I'm like, yeah, go away. Go, go, go. Bye, bye, bye. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we still laugh about that to this day. And so to make a long story short, um, years later, I ended up living with them. And um, we were living in a polyamorous relationship. I was very attracted to her. And I was very attracted to him, and it was like a three-way poly thing. And and that wasn't always the case. I had tried poly before with um, a female and a male, and she was not bisexual, so I guess you would call it like a V, you know, where the guy is involved with both women, but it's not like a triangle. Right. And I really, I really wanted to be in a triangle because I am bi. And... Um, it worked out at first. It worked out very, very well. But then life took over. They came into some very, very tough financial times, and it wore on their marriage, and it also wore on our poly relationship. And we all broke up and went our three separate ways. And it still breaks my heart to this day. I'm still hoping that someday I will find that perfect poly relationship. Um, it, it was just such a wonderful, safe, secure, loving, gratifying feeling when it was working out. Have, have you made attempts or come close to to finding a poly relationship, or are you currently still trying to build a poly relationship? No, I kind of put everything on the back burner right now. I got a lot going on. And I don't feel that it's right to look for a relationship when I don't have much to bring to the table, if that makes any sense. Absolutely. Um, Yeah. I I feel like before you get into a relationship, you should be um, emotionally, mentally, physically, financially, spiritually, not perfect, but at least... um, like I said, have something to bring to the table. And right now that's just not the case with me. I've just got too much going on that I'm working on myself. I have no experience in poly, but it's, it's been on my radar for, uh, you know, almost five years, maybe a little over five years. It's definitely something that I'm very interested in. I just haven't been presented with uh, the right circumstances. But one, one thing that I understand about poly is, uh, well, kind of the opposite of what you're saying right now, bringing something to the table. If you, if everyone does have something at the table, that support group ends up being a wonderful thing. And uh, I like to think of it like the roller coaster of life and you have the highs and the lows. The, the lows can get evenly distributed and not be as low. And then the highs get multiplied and go as, as high as you would like. Um, so 
from what I understand, it's a lot of work to get the relationship working to get everyone on the same page. But once it's working, it's a it's a phenomenal thing, and, and it's a great support group uh, with each other. Um, but mm. as as you're saying, uh, it could actually work the opposite way. If if someone's not pulling their weight or bringing something to the table, then uh, you know you you would essentially be dragging the whole group down. Uh, is, is that a fair statement? Yeah, I think that's a very fair statement. I, I feel like if I already was in a poly relationship, that at this point in my life, like you said, they would have been a very good, um, uh, what was the word you used, a support? Yeah, yeah, just a, a yeah. emotional support group to, to right, be there for you. Right, and, and hopefully while we were building up that relationship, hopefully I would have invested enough in them where I did help them out. And, you know, then it would be my turn to receive some help, maybe. Um, yeah, that that would have been nice in a perfect world. That's, that's what happened. I'll go with that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it definitely sounds like a, from I listen to a lot of podcasts and from what I've heard, it, uh, it sounds like it's a tough thing to put together. But once you get all the pieces in place, it sounds like a wonderful thing. And it, it's mm-hmm. definitely something that interests me. So, um I was I was hanging the last podcast you did when you were talking about that I was I was on the edge of my seat there. Oh, did I talk about the camping experience on the podcast? I don't recall a camping experience. Okay, well this was with that couple and this was um in the very beginning and we were like in a honeymoon phase and all three of us loved camping and we're talking primitive camping, no bathrooms, no showers, a tent. You know, um, you cook everything over an open fire. And uh, a lot of the times I just like to sleep next to the fire, you know, right under the stars. But crazy us, we just were in a camping mood, even though it was probably the coldest weekend in Florida of the year. So we went camping and we had a great bonfire and then it was time to go to sleep. And uh, all three of us went inside a tent. We were on this air mattress, and it was like 33 degrees out. But there we were. I was in the middle, and one of my loves was on the right side, and one of my loves was on the left side. And I'm going to start crying and talking about this. Well, we we had one of those screen top tents, you know, where you can look up. Yeah. And we were out in the middle of nowhere in the Ocala National Forest. And the stars were just so bright in that winter sky. And I remember just holding both of their hands and just thinking, it just doesn't get any better than this. Because we were warm, you know, it was like caveman, you know, we were all sharing body heat underneath this, you know, this big um, sleeping, sleeping bag, you know, it was just beautiful. I just... I just felt like I was in this cocoon of love, you know. And, you know, that's the thing about polyamory. It's not about sex all the time. It's not about just fucking two people. Polyamory, you know, amory means love. It was about being in love with two people. And uh, I would just give anything sometimes to be back in that tent in a 33-degree winter night looking up at the stars with those two people that I loved. Well, that's that's wonderful, and uh, I can only hope that somebody at some point comes across this episode and listens to it and and gets inspired to uh to try something they haven't tried or or consider polyamory um and and not go into it uh, 
uh, unprepared, but realize it's a lot of work. But when you get there, it, it, it sounds like, uh, from everything I've heard, it sounds great. And you're right. It is a lot of work. The only way that polyamory will ever work is that if everyone takes down their masks and are 100% honest with each other and that there's no lying and there's no insecurity. And the only way that you can make someone feel secure is by being honest with them. And in this day and age, honesty is just not common. You know, even among married people, you know, I learned that as an escort, how many married men came and visited me without their spouse knowing. And it's, yeah, it's very hard to go against everything society teaches you and tells you and to be completely honest with someone doesn't happen very often. Uh, I would agree. And, um, as much as I would, I, I could go on and talk about the polyamorous uh, philosophies with you. Um, I think it's it's only fair that uh, we introduced you as a uh, you know a lovely BBW porn star. And uh, how is the porn star going? Are you are you still shooting actively, or is it slowing down a little bit? Where, where are you on that? No, I'm I'm still shooting actively. Um... I do have a lot of health problems right now, so I recently had to cancel two shoots in Baltimore, and I wasn't able to make um, the Florida shoots with my team, Team VP. But uh, we're gearing up for shoots in Baltimore again, and Florida, and Las Vegas, and Dallas. So the next five months are going to be very busy, and I'm looking forward to it. We only update once a week. We put up one photo set, excuse me, and one video once a week. So we can get together for four days and maybe get, what, 16 photo sets and 16 videos, and that will last us for almost four months. You know, at least that's the plan. <laughs> it doesn't always happen that way. So, you know, I, I uh, we do, I guess you would call it like, um, uh What's that thing where you really go all out and do something really, really quick and get her done? Yeah, uh, batching maybe. Yeah, there's a word for it though. Oh shoot, you're gonna have to edit this out when oh, you're okay, editing. It's fine. Um, you know, like um, not Uber shoots. Um, shoot, there's there's a word for it, darn it. Just uh, escaping mind. Um, not Uber shoots. Oh well, but anyway, we just do a shit ton of work. <laughs> you know, for four or five days straight, and then we go home and we die for about a month. <laughs> yeah, that's what. Yeah. Well, with the production company that I'm putting together, it's it's kind of similar because we are in North Carolina, in which uh, North Carolina is having all all types of its own problems. I don't agree with uh, with their stance on a lot of things these days. It's very a, it's definitely a very old guard state, we'll say. But. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but, but with the with legal over here, there's, I mean, you can't do anything without it being considered uh, pimping and pandering. And oh wow! So actually, the way we have to do it is we do we do equity splits. So literally, whatever the videos bring in revenue wise, <clears throat> excuse me, the the talent will make 
the exact same money that I'm making because we do an even equity split. So I don't actually pay the talent, you know, a, a set, you know, eight hundred or twelve hundred dollars. We we actually have to do an even equity split. So if if you know if I make two thousand dollars, then the talent makes two thousand dollars. But that's the the only way we can do it over here. Um, oh, I see. Okay. Otherwise, you would be pandering. You would be um, benefiting from the proceeds of, you know, whatever, right? Correct. Correct. Um, so, wow. But that's essentially the, uh, the batching of shoots. That's the way we have to do it. We only, uh, right now with our, our next shoots that we have, uh, kind of on the books, uh, I'm hoping to get everything done in two days. <laughs> and, and so that's, uh, we do two videos a week. So, uh, you know, four videos a day shouldn't be too bad as long as male talent can hold up. That's going to be the, the, the biggest issue. Yeah. Who's your male talent? Uh, well, it rotates. Um, we actually pull kind of part of our claim to fame is that I pull male talent from our fan base. Oh, cool. But Very there, cool. But there is a, a big process to it because, I, like I tell our fans in our email newsletters and everything all the time, is uh, every guy wants to do it and 90% of them fail. <laughs> so, yeah. So yeah. There's, there's a big process. Now, we, we're considering ourselves reality uh, shooting. So uh, I do try to hide as much as possible and not be something that the talent has to think about so much but uh even still it's it's very hard for for males to perform in this industry period so it is and you know i've had people sitting in my house saying you know i swing all the time i do this all i can do that and i can come five times in the night and it won't be a problem so you know me and gene my videographer you know we'll break out the camera and we'll start getting ready and Oh, Mr. Happy does not want to come out and play, <laughs> no matter what we do. <laughs> Mr. Happy is not happy with that camera in front of him. <laughs> yeah. I, I think the, uh, the the next shoot that I'm planning on doing, if it lines up right, uh, it's someone that I've shot uh, solo work with before, a female, but mm -hmm. she actually she went down to Florida to do a shoot for a, a former porn star, and I guess while there he became a bit enamored with her so um he's kind of following her around and they're shooting as a couple right now so that might be my next shoot is uh that couple so i i i think they'll they'll they already have a history of working well together so i don't think there'll be any performance issues there oh that's wonderful yeah that should work out really well well Yay. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Sammy, it was lovely talking to you. I don't want to take up any more of your time. Um, can you please tell our listeners how they can go about finding you? Where, where can we follow along with you? Oh, thank you. Um, well, my, my biggest website is sensualsammy.com, and I do have some clips for sale stores. Uh, I believe if you search for Sammy's Big Time Interracial on Clips for Sale, that's my biggest selling store there. I do have some old stores that if you really want to get down to, um, in fact, those those people that I was talking about um, in the polyamory relationship, they're in those shoots. Um, oh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm rambling again. And my, 
You're good. And my my, my Twitter is um, Sammy, S A M M I E, and then S is in Sam, C is in Charlie. Two. Um, no, that does not stand for South Carolina. That stands for Southern Charms, which uh, which is what we did back in the day when we started Southern Charms. Is we put which server we were on. But that was a long time ago. Times have changed. Oh, that's what that is, because I do see the SC yeah. with a number after it on a, on a few handles. Yeah, yeah. Most of them have changed their name, you know, as times went on. But I guess I'm old school, you know. I, I just keep it as it is. Nothing wrong with that. But having me, JJ, it was fun chatting with you. And I, I really wish you the best of luck in all your endeavors. All right. Thank you so much. Okay. All bye-bye. Right. Bye. For show notes and more, visit MixyPanda.com. That's it for this session. Make a sandwich and take a nap.